Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode number two, The Hidden Garden. She flopped down in despair, hanging her head, determined to sit there until Wendy or the Day of Doom arrived, whichever came first. Wendy's gone? Oh, I just can't take it. What am I going to do now? I'm too tired and weak to try anymore. Her garden, Abby. The storm. Abby stood up, her mind making the connections instantly. Of course. The snow, the hailstones. Wendy will be inspecting her garden, shaking snow off the leaves and babying her fragile precious plants. With her life in tatters all around her, the only goal Abby could cling to was finding Wendy and receiving her help, support, and forgiveness. But before she could take a step, she encountered another obstacle. Wendy's garden was carefully hidden by nature and human ingenuity. Abby was aware of only one route to the garden— a tunnel accessible only from the cellar under Wendy's house. She did not dare attempt this strange pathway without Wendy's permission and guidance. The tunnel was part of a maze of tunnels and caverns and included the closely guarded storage closet of Wendy's precious medicines, and only God knew what else. A person could easily get lost down there. The extent of the maze of tunnels was impossible to guess. Abby recalled her father's recent description. Clearly, a lost soul could die down there, unable to find a way out. Despite her knowledge of the landscape, Abby was uncertain of a good route to the garden. It was surrounded on three sides by a connected series of ridges with nasty cliffs. The fourth side, the shortest by far, was protected by the tallest, thickest wall of brambles Abby had ever seen. No one could pick even a small fraction of the raspberries and blackberries that grew there because they were unreachable. There's got to be a way. There must be a way. She was frozen to the spot, unable to take a step, and then had the distinct feeling that the mapstick was pulling her in a certain direction, up the stream that made such lovely and soothing music. It was impossible to be sure whether she was imagining this pull on her hand or not. But in despair, she surrendered to her intuition, however absurd it might be. The forest was quite still. Then she heard a crow call overhead and pictured in her mind that sheltered spot hollowed out of the stony ridges and began to walk upstream. She turned left at a possible path with space between the bushes and began climbing up the hillside. After an easy stretch between thin young maple trees, she found herself stuck in a thicket of laurel bushes, leaving only enough room for a rabbit to get through. With no choice but to retreat, she circled back and found a path through the tangle of laurel. But the path ended midway through the thicket. In frustration, Abby plowed her way through the tough branches and found herself scratched and angry. It was all too much to bear. Standing there feeling hopeless, she noticed that to her right another stony ridge began a steep ascent. 
Struggling to hold the mapstick and the briefcase, she climbed and stumbled up to a point where she could survey the surrounding countryside. Trees screened her view, but she felt sure the garden was straight ahead below her. Following a deer trail descending in the right direction, she reached level ground and found the going easy. But an instinct told her that she was going too far and missing the hollow canyon that must lie directly below the ridges. So she made a guess and turned left, through a stand of white birch trees all in shadow. The sun was setting behind the ridges and occasionally glaring in her eyes. And then another dreaded thicket of laurel blocked the way. Abby almost burst into tears. Feeling completely lost and alone, she sat on the ground, breathing hard. Her mind continued to race along, wondering how easily she could find her way back to Wendy's house. She glanced absently at the thicket of laurel before her and noticed how different it looked from a sitting position than it did when she was standing. Of course. I knew that. The tunnels under the branches. Paths for small animals. She moved forward on hands and knees, pushing the map stick and briefcase ahead of her, and emerged at a rocky ledge. On the other side lay the thick wall of raspberry and blackberry bushes, the immense patch of brambles. She went down on all fours again, and sure enough, a tunnel barely large enough to crawl through appeared ahead of her. Scratched, her shirt torn, dirty, her face stained with tears, she squirmed and wiggled her way forward. A view through the brambles opened up ahead of her like a window out into the garden some distance ahead. And then she heard the scratchy, sing-song voice of Wendy humming a tune. Abby froze and listened carefully, staring at a narrow view of the grass, a few tools, and the fruit trees beyond. Suddenly the tiny form of Wendy strolled by, her gray dress coming down near her ankles. The tune gradually became words that Abby could hear. Time has flown by like the wind in the trees. Who knows where it comes from, where it's going, you can see. When you were a child, it seemed like yesterday. The years have gone by like an afternoon at play. How do I long for your glowing face? Like a love that I have lost. Who can be the keeper of the world we love? Can he live forever in the life above? Long ago you asked me, how can I know? And when it's all over, where does it go? I just can't leave it to the winds of time. I will hold 
wherever I may be down the line. Please give me peace before I'm torn apart. I'm just one many living with an aching heart. Please give me peace before I'm torn apart. Wendy repeated I'm the last verse several times. Abby realized that the song was intended specifically for her heart. to be heard at that moment. Wendy knows I'm here. The words burned into her memory, and as time went on, became her clearest, most emotional picture of Wendy's love and life as Abby knew it. She hardly noticed the tears dripping onto her hands. On hands and knees, she pushed the mapstick and the briefcase ahead and struggled out of the bramble patch. Wendy stood about 20 feet away, giving a shake to finger bean vines growing up the poles. She was pretending not to notice Abby. Having no patience for the game, Abby called. Wendy! Wendy! I see you! I see you! No need to shout to the whole world! Oh, I'm so glad to find you! You gave me a surprise, my dear. Very few have come close to me. Unawares in the forest. Impressive. The crows were treating you like family. Look, look. They're coming down to greet us. The band of six crows circled the garden, calling out in their harsh voices. They settled on nearby branches and waited. For some time now, I sing it often. Abby's eyes were tearing up again. You... you had that song ready for me? Abby came forward and embraced Wendy and cried into her gray hair, sobbing with relief. She mouthed the word mother to herself. The old woman smiled and patted her back and waited quietly letting time go by. Finally, Abby stepped back and looked at her without speaking. Wendy's face was thinner and more wrinkled than before, her cheeks more hollow. She appeared to be chewing gum, though when she opened her mouth, small pieces of green leaves appeared in her teeth. Her large eyes were dark and shone and glittered with a surprising energy. The eyes had not changed. They had the same alert glow of life, missing nothing, eager to live, interested in everything. Her gray hair was pulled back and held loosely in braids behind her head. The light of the day was fading. Shadows grew from the rows of trees and plants. I know, I know you have much to say. Let's go back and sit by the fire and drink tea. You must be hungry. The crows are ready to eat, and you need to wash. 
some ointment for those scratches. My shirts are all too small for you, but there's a drawer full of clothes you left behind over the years. Wendy put the wheelbarrow and tools in a shallow cave hollowed out of the side of the ridge. She picked up a small burlap bag. Abby retreated to grab the mapstick and the briefcase. She glanced back at the old woman, wondering if she had noticed. Yes, yes, of course I see it. We'll discuss it at length. But right now, I'll just say it's good news. And then she gave a rare smile. Abby smiled back and followed the spry old woman to a crevice between two massive boulders in the stony ridge. The opening was low to the ground, and even Wendy had to duck to enter. Abby carried the mapstick and the briefcase in one hand while keeping the other above her head to warn her of jutting stones in the ceiling of the tunnel. Yet as the darkness covered them, the blue glow returned, and every detail came alive. The head of the mapstick appeared once again as a tiny moon. The air currents told her of other passages branching off to the right and left. Her eyesight improved as they walked on until she could see the details of the tunnel as if the earth and stones had a light of their own. A picture of a vast maze of tunnels began to form in her mind. She sensed where they were and where the passages were going. A distant, dreamlike muttering of voices disturbed her vision for a moment and was gone. Did I really hear that? And if I did, where did it come from? The picture became complex beyond belief, including several layers of tunnels and caverns, rivers and streams, some tiny, some inconceivably vast, and some full of very precious things, Abby knew not what. This map in her mind grew like a tree putting down roots and raising branches all in a few minutes. She no longer had any difficulty following Wendy. In fact, she knew the way and had no need to follow anyone. Thanks for listening. Episode 3 is coming soon. To hear all the episodes, please go to our website, www.protectorsofthewood.com. If I knew you really loved me, there would be no more war. And if we're not together in this wild and crazy world, if I knew you really loved me, it would set my heart aglow. Everywhere I go 
Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. 